1: welcome to ask the experts north texas for monday august 22nd i'm david rankin
0: and i'm kristen diaz already we've been seeing record-breaking you know rainfall here in north texas and it is causing a lot of problems on the road today um already have we seen some roads start to recede with the floodwaters and what is being left behind stranded vehicles and that's going to be a problem once people start getting out and about again and uh, joining us is rich johnson with the texas insurance uh, council of tex uh, the texas insurance council and wanted to know about uh, you know whose responsibility is it to get these cars out of the road
2: yeah well first of all thanks for having me i appreciate it uh we're always trying to get information like this out to the public uh, hopefully we're getting it out beforehand, but you know, talking to talking during the event—that's when everybody uh, wants to hear about it. So, for the most part, it's really the driver's responsibility. Um, you know, if they can get it off the road safely themselves or call their you know own tow truck, uh, otherwise, it's going to be uh, towed by by the police department, and then. You know, you never know where it's going to go. If it's at an impound lot, there's going to be fees associated with that. So whether you have a roadside service uh, or roadside services included in your uh, insurance policy, which many insur- insurance companies have nowadays, you know, it's best to use that service while while you can. That's why you have it.
1: What's the time frame for people to get their cars out of the way before the police department says, OK, you won't do it. We will
2: you know i i really don't know um i i would imagine that it's probably you know uh, just kind of anecdotally driving along the side of the road i would say it's probably no more than about two or three days uh it seems as though uh you know you see those big stickers stuck on the windows uh within a pretty short amount of time uh you know just looking at accidents maybe there's a little bit of a lee of, of leeway after Uh, an event like this but for the most part you know they need those they need those cars out of the way uh, so they're not impeding traffic or being uh, you know so it's not a safety hazard
0: yeah let's talk about the insurance coverage um let's say you know you you have car insurance will that cover the wrecker service or the roadside assistance or what do um what do people actually need to make sure that they're signing up for in case they find themselves in a situation like this
2: yeah, first and foremost, the the damage to your car due to flood. Uh, you know, you, you kind of have your 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 collision, which is going to cover you if you're in an accident. You're going to have uh your liability, which is anything that, you know, the other person that you were in an accident with may come after you for as far as medical. But then there's also that that comprehensive. Comprehensive coverage is the thing that covers kind of everything else. That's a broken windshield uh, and in this case flooding. So if you don't have that comprehensive coverage, then the damage to your vehicle is not going to be covered by your insurance company. So you need to look to see, make sure what kind of coverages you have. And then as far as the record, you know, getting your getting your car off the road, uh, some insurance companies offer that, you know, maybe it's a couple dollars a month that you have that tow service that's included. Or if you have a roadside, so, you know, a separate a uh, company that may handle roadside service for you—you um, know—we'll we'll say AAA. Uh, that's probably the most common that we know. Uh, if you have a service like that, then then that's the time to use it.
1: Do you still see a lot of people that will reduce their insurance coverage once they've paid off the car, so they only have liability?
2: Uh, yeah, that that is very common. They're you know they're trying to save a few dollars a month, or maybe um, you know the car is so old is old enough that. Um, you know, they might be they might be comfortable paying out of pocket for to replace it. but again, they're only thinking of those, uh, you know that well, if it's a total loss, I want to pay X amount of dollars or the car's just not worth that much. but there's there's so many other factors in there. Um, you know, work with your insurance professional to find that that right policy for you because sometimes people are they're trying to save a couple bucks on the front end uh, and removing certain coverages but man in the long run if, if you do total your car or um, you know even if it's an inconvenience where it's you know windshield here uh, you know some other kind of damage there Mm -hmm. that comprehensive coverage is usually not that expensive and and it kind of pays off in the long run
0: let's talk about home and renters insurance with all of this heavy rainfall inevitably somebody who is listening right now is seeing a leak and they don't like it Um, what kind of coverage should they start or how should they start filing their claims
2: yeah, so the the important thing here is your typical homeowner's policy and most renter and a lot of renter's policies actually don't cover flood. Um so if you have homeowner's insurance, uh, you know, with through uh, you know whatever company it might be, uh They probably don't cover flood. Um, You usually have to buy flood insurance through a separate private company. There are some companies out there that are writing flood coverage, but the primary source of flood coverage is actually the federal government through the NFIP or the National Flood Insurance uh, Program. And so it's a relatively inexpensive uh, you can either contact FEMA directly, which is who the who the who the uh, where the program is run through, or contact your insurance company. Most insurance companies can sell a federal policy uh, for flood insurance, but it's not your normal homeowners insurance policy. There are a lot of companies out there that are covering renters uh, with flood. Um, you just got to check your policy just to make sure because usually that renter's policies is just your personal goods, your, your furniture, your clothing, electronics, that type of thing. It's not the structure because the structure should be covered by whatever insurance your landlord or the owner of the building has. So you're
1: more responsible for your own goods inside as opposed to the foundation or the flooding of the floors and what have you because you don't own the house.
2: That's that's exactly it. So you are a tenant. Uh, the things that you are responsible for that or that you're you know you're going to be paying out of pocket for are the things that you own. So if you were to take a house, shake it upside down, and everything that falls out is yours, and everything else is usually is usually the landlord's.
0: Uh, You know, something that I've noticed just looking through social media posts today, a lot of people, for example, who have some of these new townhomes near the downtown area, they're not necessarily near the Trinity River, they're not near any body of water, they're not near White Rock Lake, for example, they're not near anything that a body of water could possibly overflow and get into the area. But we've been in such an extreme drought, you know, this is what's causing the flash flooding and they're in a low lying area. So some of these home builders um, and just new home buyers, should they be buying flood insurance regardless, you know, at what stage plane they, they, they live at?
2: Yeah, we recommend they do. Um, right now, it's really low. There's only 14% of Texans actually have flood insurance. Uh, that's that's pretty low. Out of the you know million, seven million plus policies that are here in Texas, uh, there's only a couple a couple thousand really that have flood insurance. And in Dallas alone, there's all, there's less than five thousand flood insurance policies throughout all of Dallas, and that's that's really really low. And and you're right, it's it's the land. Uh, you know, we're in this drought. It can't handle it. But when you have rain like that, even if you, you know, even if the land was ready, it's the utility. You know, the 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 the, the pipes and the and the sewage systems that can't handle that much rain. And so those are all the things that you need to think about. So, um, you know, you know, if if we look at if, you, if we look back five years ago this the, this week is the five-year anniversary of Hurricane Harvey and in the Houston area 75 percent of the homes that were flooded weren't in a floodplain at all it was just because there was so much rain that that impacted that area um that that there was just you know complete devastation and so just because you're not in a floodplain doesn't mean you're you're out of the woods when it comes to flooding
1: let's go back to cars for just a second if someone has you know made the mistake of Driving flu- through a flooded area and their their car has flooded. What's the process like for trying to get insurance money uh, claims?
2: yeah, in, it's it's just carpet. like anything else. so yeah, so what what we recommend is is document the damage, take pictures, take video of everything that that happened. Hopefully uh, maybe you kept a record uh, of what your car looked like before, but it's pretty easy to tell when when a car has been flooded um so so document it uh turn that information into your insurance company and start a claim these days starting a claim is super easy it's usually on your phone they most companies have an app that you can file a claim with or online uh or give them a call but they're going to want to see that information they'll send an adjuster out to to take their own photos but that may be you know a few days or a week after after the incident and so you kind of want that uh instant documentation uh, to get the process started.
0: You mentioned Hurricane Harvey and it just sparked a memory of a lot of people who had their cars flooded. Um, their insurance did not cover for them to get a rental car while they you know, were getting their primary vehicle fixed. Um, how is that situation like now? Because even during the pandemic, there was such a shortage—or the early, t- you know, stages of the pandemic, I should say—there right. was such a shortage of rental cars. Is that an issue for for some people?
2: Yeah, I think whenever there's a big incident like th- like that, like a flood, or you know, we were seeing during the pandemic, there's always going to be a risk of, of rental car shortages. But again, it depends on your coverage. A lot of people. Um, again, we go back to the, you know saving saving some money, which everyone's trying to do these days. Um, but you know, there's usually an extra charge on there to for that rental car coverage. Um, so make sure you know, if that's a concern for you, make sure that you have that. Um, and look at the limits. Sometimes there's, uh, you know, maybe you only get a car for 30 days or maybe 45 days, or there's a dollar limit. Maybe you're only going to get, you know, $1,000 or $500 worth of rental fees. And that adds up pretty quick. And, um, and so it can shorten that amount of time that you're going to have a, rental car, a rental, rental car available to you while your car is getting repaired.
1: What are the biggest mistakes that people make in, in dealing with flooding with their cars and their
2: homes? um well i think a lot of it is after the after well number one not having flood insurance uh i think that's the biggest thing as far as homes go one of the biggest things is after the fact that you know all of a sudden you see all these sweet deals uh with these cars that are for sale in a certain area uh and you know they're that's always a problem after these flood incidents is that, you know, they may go to auction. They may try to, you know, they may try, you know, there's unscrupulous dealers that are out there that are going to try to sell you a flooded car. Uh, and, you know, you can always kind of find tips and advice online of how to find a flooded car. There's some things that you can look at in the engine bay or peel up the carpet. Um, but, you know, it's always one of those things, you know, if, if, if the, if the deal is too good to be true, it probably is. So that, that's the biggest thing that we see is kind of the, um, the fraud and, and and you know, the fraudulent things that come in after these storms, whether it's contractors working on your home, uh, auto repair shops are buying a flooded car, dam- a flood damaged car.
0: Yeah. And you guys definitely have to mediate between that, too, and who you're giving your money to.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is there anything else you think our listeners should know about, uh, you know, filing claims within these next couple of days?
2: Yeah, have patience. Uh, You know, there's going to be a lot of claims. Uh, The insurance companies are, you know, they're trying to work hard, do what they can. Uh, The other thing, look into that flood insurance, uh, see if you can, uh, you know, get a policy. There's a 30-day waiting period on most of these policies. So if you buy a flood policy today, it's not going to come into effect for another 30 days. So that's something else to think about um and the other thing is look at your coverages not just your flood coverage but anything else we've seen a lot of inflation and the cost to rebuild homes right now is going through the roof uh no no pun intended but um you know roofs are more expensive copper wiring is more expensive fuel is more expensive everything is going up in price so that policy that you bought you know 10 12 you know a year ago Uh, The cost to rebuild your home may be significantly higher than it was when you bought that policy. So maybe get a contractor or uh, an appraiser out to see what it would cost to rebuild your home, not the cost to sell or buy your home, but the cost to rebuild because those prices are going to be different.
1: Something else that an event like this can, can trigger, especially if you're buying a new car, is the importance of getting that gap insurance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So get yeah, usually the banks will sell you gap insurance. Some insurance companies will also add it to your policy if if you want. But that's the difference between what your car is worth and what your loan is. And so, you know, let's say you buy a new car, you drive it off the lot, you have a flood the next day, your car is totaled or you're in a car accident you know, your car is now worth, you know, because you drove it off the lot, say 20% different than what that sticker price was, uh, you know, or a month down the road. So making sure that you have that insurance to cover uh, everything that you owe and what your car is worth. So yeah, good point.
0: Uh, Again, that is Rich Johnson with the Insurance Council of Texas. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks for having me. appreciate it.